But as you say, things like things like the OBX and the and the Juno and the DX7 and stuff now have become very much a part of the. You still play them like a like an instrument. You know? yeah, yeah, and and people like Don't you know them. really massive pop stars are using those sounds and, and well, it's happened for the weather report one of my favorite bands ever you know joe zavinall used tons of synths, synths yeah. really good synth sounds as well but you hear like my um miley cyrus and the weekend and people like that having huge hits with all those sounds on uh, um in in today's pop culture and I do, I do think they're here to stay i think that you know they but in the 90s they they were very passe i mean yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what the 80s did. Yeah. They did they do a little backlash to it. I think the 90s in the UK went back to the 60s for inspiration. And the Britpop bands I grew up listening to, in particular, sort of Blair yeah. Oasis. Well, also Supergrass. people have gone back to recording on tape and, and cutting on things onto vinyl as well. So that's another another step you step back if you like back to the old yeah you know, the old ways in the old days i think it's just yeah. literally we have every choice available to us now Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. And I'm very, very privileged and very honored to have uh, David Joseph and the one and only Robbie McIntosh of Held by Trees. And they've got a new album out. And uh, we're, it's two EPs, right? Correct. Yes. Hi, Carl. Good to well, see you, hey, mate. Thank you. I appreciate that. And y'all are all the way in the UK, right? We're in on the south coast of England, yeah. What, what's oh, it, what is it about uh, eight or nine o'clock over there now? Yeah, it's just gone nine o'clock. Yeah, this time of year it's it's still pretty light outside, so it's nice. Before we get into talking about the the new music, uh, we'll start with you, David. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm probably one of the youngest in the band. Um, uh, I started out in rock bands and um, sort of did what most rock bands do, kind of play uh, little gigs, lots of little gigs, as many as you can, and then sort of thin them out as you go on and, and be a bit more selective. And, yeah, we got to a point where uh, we were starting to be flown around and play different different places, which was really exciting, but all good things come to an end, I think. Being in a rock band uh, and being married with three kids is kind of, <laughs> it's quite a challenge if you can't make it all pay the bills. So uh, the rock band naturally finished um, and I started to make more instrumental music. I did some singer-songwritery things for a while, but instrumental music became more and more interesting to me. And uh, in 2020, I started to, write what's become held by trees uh and to cut a story short i mean we can get into it a bit more if if you want to but um i find myself in this sort of collective of musicians many of whom i've admired from afar for a long time and uh we've uh we 
made an album that came out last year called Solace, came out in 2022. And we have, like you just said, um, recorded already, we've recorded uh, two EPs, um, which will come out in a sort of a double release uh, in August of 2023. And um, I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Robbie McIntosh, and uh, it's a great, great privilege to be um, to be making music with so many musicians that I've, like I say, I've admired for a long time. So uh, it's kind of all taken me a little bit by surprise, really. But I suppose because we have a a bit of a a, a similar sound to some of the later talk talk records that are very loved by a lot of people, and we've got several people that worked on those records playing on our records um there's a kind of living connection but there's pink floyd in there and there's there's um yeah there's a few other influences that are important to me not just talk talk and it kind of it's standing on its own two feet somewhat now um that's kind of an overview of the whole project including including me i play guitar in the live band and uh, produce the record and that's me should we hear from rob well, sure. I guess we can we can talk to him as well. Yeah, um, I'm Robbie McIntosh. I've been playing the guitar for a long time now, and um, uh, worked with I was in the Pretenders for five years in the 1980s. Uh, I took over from James Hunter Scott when he sadly passed away, uh, and then I was with Paul McCartney's band for um, six years. Um, I've done a lot of session work. Um, Tears for Fears, Roger Daughtry, Paul Young. Um, more recently, I played with with Nora Jones for a while. I played with John Mayer for uh, on and off for about four years. So I played with Tom Jones and Sinead O'Connor and uh, various other people. So as a, as more as a session player. And the reason I'm here is because well, from having worked with Talk Talk. David contacted me um, to make the connection, which is ju- which he's just described with the with the talk talks. I played on three talk talk albums and uh, Mark Hollis's solo record. So David, so I met David through that. He contacted me to to play on the record, and um, and that and then um, I said yes to doing some some live shows as well. So and that's why I'm here because we're just having a play and see if we can write some, you know, come up with a bit of new material. David writes most of the stuff, but um, just coming <laughs> in to see if you know, we can work on any i you know ideas I might have. And so that's why I'm here. Yeah, we so, uh, with writing, it's actually Rob. Excuse me, Rob gives me a bit too much credit, really, because the the best thing about the music is the improvisation. Yeah, these guys bring over fairly basic chord progressions and drum patterns that I I came up with, but it's kind of a launch pad for for well, rock. True. Yeah, it's true. I mean, talk talk in a way was was a bit like that at times. Although Mark was was pretty Mark Hollis was pretty pretty fussy, and of course wrote wrote all the lyrics and sung, and he was the the brains behind the whole thing, really. Um, but he would let he would let musicians so give a free hand. I mean, back in the talk talk days, everything was recorded onto tape, and so you'd maybe do, for instance, on 
on on the um, um, Color of Spring album and uh, Spirit of Eden album, you just let you play for maybe three or four takes, and then they do what they call comping, where you pick, oh, I like that bit, and I like that bit, and you bounce from the from that track on the tape machine to an empty track, the mm-hmm. bits that you like by muting and opening up the tracks. These days, of course, it's so much easier with Pro Tools and or Logic to do that. Mm-hmm. But in those days, then so so Mark would would just sort of give you a free hand and then um, pick the best bits, really the bits that fitted. So, um, so I can't remember what, what what how I got there to that. <laughs> oh, you talked about improvisation, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a similar element here. I mean, Dave, when David sent the tracks to me at home. I, I did exactly that. I sent him sort of three, maybe three, four takes of something. Yeah. And then he would sit through it and pick the best the best bits that fitted with the, the mood and what other people were playing, of course, as well. So that's quite important. And they had that spirit of jazz where you can, you just improvise yeah. and jam and have a good time. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only th- what was nice about the more recent recordings we did is that we actually all played together. And and that interplay uh, is actually easier to to do when you're sitting. Uh, there's a certain magic you def you definitely get when you're all playing together. Yeah, it's amazing how polar opposite the, our our debut solace, which was made during lockdown, people across the world, you know, in in their own home setups, usually sending me takes. Um, uh, for me to sort of go through and not not being in the same room to then our follow-up EPs being six guys in a room. It's the complete opposite way of making, you know, all playing together. So yeah. it's two very different approaches. To me, when I listened to it, it was like Pink Floyd meets Spiral Gyro or something, you know? It just, it had that real nice flow relaxing at times and uh, it's it, i don't know it's like listening to dark side of the moon for the first time for me wow, <laughs> wow. that's nice yeah that's I mean, a huge i huge think compliment. that's the, the um the idea behind the behind the record as well isn't it i mean it's um certainly the you know the the um the feeling you get from being in around in and around nature, which is hence why the album's called Hell by Trees, presumably, because you, you did some field recording yeah. stuff, didn't you? Didn't yeah, you? The, the name comes from actually I was having some um having some counselling. Mm-hmm. Um some therapy, I guess you might call it in the States. And um that my um Rob and I are both tall guys, so I'm six five, and I was saying to my therapist, really <laughs> "You're really tall." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, I was saying to my counselor, "I, I'm often the guy being. I, I'm the guy that hugs. I'm the guy that is holding the other person. I'm never the guy being held because mm. I'm always bigger than anyone else." And she said, "Why don't you climb some trees and feel held by the trees?" So I started to do that. I started to climb trees and feel them holding my weight. Kind of like a sort of spiritual practice in a way. Hmm. Um, 
And so that was all around the same time as I started to write the music. So it, it felt like a nice name because it was that first lockdown when, and it was springtime and everything felt new again somehow because there weren't planes in the sky and there weren't loads of traffic and the spring was glorious here in Dorset in England. Everything smelt amazing and it just, and I had all these field recordings that I was working into the to the music. So there is a very much a natural element connection with, with trees. Um, so there's, there's a few, few reasons why the name of the project works that way. Um, there's a track on there called the tree of life, which is one of my favorite films. It's a Terence Malick film. Mm. There's also a biblical sort of connection there too. Was the album kind of like therapy for you? Yeah, huge, massively. So I, my wife works in healthcare, so she was a primary worker. That's what we called it here in, in the UK when she worked through the pandemic, whereas I didn't. I, I My focus was on trying to get my kids to do their schoolwork, and I found that immensely stressful. Mm so stressful um and my lovely wife said why don't you bring your studio back home and set up your your music stuff so you can um just escape into your music after you've done the school the school work with the kids just set up at home and and i did and uh that's when the first pieces of music started to come through and it i called the album solace is it rhymes with Hollis? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well, because it was solace to make. It was real solace to make. So people like Rob would send me, you know, like you said, three three or four takes for each song that he played on. And I'd be just buried in my headphones, having the time of my life just combing through all these amazing motifs, you know, um, Part, you know different parts that people had sent in and what a privilege that was just to to hear all these different ideas and you know 90 percent of that didn't make the record because otherwise it'd be just a, a widdly mess of endless noodling kind of dream theater or something <laughs> like that. but um so i had to in order to get that spacious feeling that talk talk and hollis was so good at i had to really be very strict and strip it right back to the absolute bare minimum really of, of what you can put together so you have that tension always in the music uh, that was really important but yeah that was really huge to answer your question hugely therapeutic and it took it took a year to edit is that been like your biggest hurdle is like your the the mental problems you've had In my life, probably, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've, I've gone through depression and um, had a breakdown and stuff in my life. But um, music's always been a source of solace and comfort and uh, a divine language. Um, so... The lockdown was, was, was very strange for, for, for a lot of people, wasn't it? Because that's the make or break, you know. Yeah. Well, if you're already prone to depression and then you get isolated from the world, 
with what, two years. A lot of people didn't handle it very well. You know. It it was it was a and people were dying, like people were dying. Yeah. Um, people I knew died, and uh, yeah, somebody yeah probably knew very well. Yeah, and although there was you know I can I can maybe make the mistake of painting a very bucolic beautiful picture about lockdown because it was such a gorgeous spring but at the same time the world was going through something extraordinary that we haven't well certainly I hadn't ever known anything like that before lockdowns and shutdowns and isolating and people being sick and dying and fear lots of fear yeah no one no wonder people have got all sorts of thoughts and, and theories on what was going on but uh, and we won't get into that but it's it's an amazing um it's an amazing thing this side of it now to look back at what we all lived through i couldn't go anywhere because i was having chemotherapy during it oh my gosh really yeah the august of 2020 i got i, I got diagnosed with the the top Type of uh, blood cancer called um, lymphoma, uh-huh. non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So I had to have chemotherapy. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere because it was too, when you got to think chemotherapy, you've got to be really careful. You don't pick up an infection anywhere, yeah. especially especially COVID. So the only place I went was um, was the hospital every every week. You know, uh, three weeks for the chemotherapy. I had to go into hospital three times. It was all it was all pretty weird, you know, all the nurses all wearing masks and aprons and stuff. It was all quite scary, but uh, I got through it. Just for them. I think I'm, I'm right now. Man, and when you're going through something like that, your immune system's already compromised. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, by the time you get to the end of it, by the time you get to the end of the chemotherapy, the sick. You have six courses, uh, what, you know, course every three weeks. By the time you get to the end of it, you know, you, you haven't got any hair and you, you walk. We did go out for some walks. We used to take the dogs out, um, but keep away from people and stuff. You get really tired, you know, you can only walk about 50 yards and you've got to stop and have a, have a breather because all your, your, um, you know, your red blood cells are, being killed just along with everything else, you know. But um, but I got through it. It was a funny old time, I have to say. Yeah, double scary for you. Yeah, yeah, I just really cared. My wife looked after me pretty well, though. So um, got through it. Bit of a shock when you find out you got it, but you know, you just get on with it. And as soon as I found out, I didn't break down or anything. I just said, right, let's go. Let's. I think I said, we'll have to have, we'll have, to have chemotherapy. And she said, yes. I said, well, my hair fall out. And she went, yes. So I went, right, <laughs> let's do it. That's the, the weirdest thing. That was the only thing I thought about, is going bald. <laughs> I haven't got that much yet. <laughs> that was the least of your worries. <laughs> Jeez. Anything else that struck me. Mm. Yeah, it was, you know, it was all right. It could have been a lot worse. We, we know people that, that we've lost people to cancer, you know, so. And, 
could have been a lot worse, as I say. And it, it, what really sucks is that it's. It seems like the world is already geared for kind of keeping people apart. There's people always on their cell phones and you know on the computer. You go to the store, they've got the automatic checkouts, you know, yeah, self-service yeah, yeah. checkouts, and and then all of a sudden you're told, well, you have to be six feet apart from people, or you you know you have to be behind a mask and or stay at home, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, buy, it, I buy everything online or in retail is completely different now. Well, that was already that was already started before the the lockdown but i think even more people buy buy i think from amazon or amazon yeah and uh you don't go out shopping much anymore yeah and i'm a people person i like talking to folks yeah same here Uh, yeah me too is how difficult is it to keep from trying to sound like the old bands I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Um, well, I think, I think it's unavoidable to an extent that you're going to sound, you're going to be sounding reminiscent, you know, even, even the most avant-garde bands out there, it's kind of all been, it kind of was all done by 1970, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're gonna, if you're going to use guitars and piano drums, you're going to sound reminiscent of someone else because it's all, it's kind of, but I think it's the particular blend that you can put together because having said what I've just said, I think there's a, there's a particular chemistry and magic with every group of musicians that play together because there's a human being playing an instrument, channeling their soul through their, through their instrument and then mixing it with other people's. And if you've got a commonality, and I think what what we're lucky with really is that, particularly with this, the core of Held by Trees as it now sort of is, uh, since we became a live band and started to gig, because um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Solace has got 30 musicians on it. Um, you know, it's got a wide cast, but coming to a a lineup that could deliver something of the album live, you know, we, I had to choose who I was going to ask and try and sort of build something. And thankfully it came together really quite quickly and easily. I mean, we had to, we did rehearse for nine months before we played a gig, but we, um, we clicked as people. And that's the thing with, with music. If you can get that blend of people, right. That, that respect each other and are sympathetic to each other's music. No one's ego is dominating. No one's um, 
trying to vie for the for the spotlight, but there's a there's a sympathy and an empathy with with each other's playing. Right. You're gonna you are gonna have something like a fingerprint that's completely unique. So sonically, yeah, we've got Pink Pink Floyd in there because there's there's a lot more lead guitar mm -hmm. than than the kind of talk talk stuff. You know, and and there's the sound effects and field recordings, which is quite. I mean, Pink Floyd use sound effects, field recordings quite a lot. Talk talk, not so much. I heard someone say, if a band only has one influence, then they're going to be a pastiche. <laughs> but if if a band has several influences, then you've got that. You know, and I think within the English kind of rock tradition, you know, we're kind of leaning into that slightly melancholy British sound, a little bit understated. Um, it's not particularly high, fine, shiny. It's quite, it's quite mellow. Um, so that there's the talk, talk thing, the, the um, Pink Floyd thing, and then there's this. Yeah, Dire Straits are an influence on me as as well, and a band called Sky, who are all that's an, uh, an instrumental band. Mm. But my favourite musician in the world that I've long admired is Graham Coxon. And I have a band called Blur, and they're like a Britpop thing, you know. He's but he, he's multi instrumentalist and a bit of a genius. Especially what, what you said about you know how do you stop sounding like other bands? Mm. Um, uh, you know, and the, the rock and roll really is, you know, because we are, you know, even though we're, you know, you wouldn't call rock, you wouldn't call talk talk a rock and roll band, but I'm talking about rock and roll as a general genre, if you like, rock. I mean, the instruments really are bass, drums, guitars, organs, pianos, mm -hmm. aren't they, really? And then, you know, everything on, uh, Everything on solace apart from the from the field recorders are that are that are real instruments. You know, you got wind, you got blown your saxophones and flutes, clarinets. You know, things that are real instruments, not synthesizers pretending to be other instruments. I mean, I I, I did have with when I formed my own band about twenty five years ago. Um, we played, you know, the what what I didn't I didn't have a keyboard player in the band because I didn't really want synthesizers. Um, so I had a pedal steel guitar player instead of a keyboard player. But um, well, that's beside the point, really. But what I'm saying is, you know, synthesizers can can actually sort of create this strange sort of plastic world. You know, you know yeah, what I'm talking I about? I do, I do. I mean, you listen to early 80s in particular sort of... If you listen to early '80s, you know Van Morrison, for example, or um, even like Phil. No, maybe not Phil Collins, but certainly, certainly Van Morrison. There, there's this kind of rush to embrace the synthesized versions of mm -hmm. great sounds. Yeah, and I would argue that. 80s synthesizers are here to stay in the way that Hammond organs are here to stay. You Roland Juno, Juno 6, you know, yeah. your DX7s. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Those sounds are so now sort of ubiquitous in contemporary pop music.
I think they're just part of the lexicon of, of pop and rock. They're here to stay now. The, the, the Lynn drum had yeah. a big effect on 80s music, really. That really did affect the sound of 80s music. It's really dated 80s music. And Simmons drums. We, yeah, I mean, the Lynn drum especially, you know, you know, um, you can hear it on so many records. I mean, Lynn, Lynn drum is Prince, isn't it? Nearly everything Prince did from... Yeah, I mean, the, the first Blue Nile album is Lynn drum. Oh, you know, love it. That's a great album. So I'm not dissing the Lindrum completely, but it did, you know, it was on a lot of lot of records in the eighties. Yeah. Got it on so many things. Loads and of Bill Collins and Yeah, uh, and of course that made the the it sort of it, it, the other thing that it did was um uh was uh um grid the time, although they didn't use grids like you do now on Pro Tools and Logic and stuff. But it did make things absolutely perfectly in time. You know, before that, people did start going to click tracks, but Lindrum did away with that completely and was just perfectly in time all the way through the song. Nothing speeding up. <laughs> uh, you listen to the Who Live at Leeds and the time's all over the place, but it's, but it's fantastic. You know, I, I, I excitement did. from a rock and roll from a rock band when they speed up towards the end of something as it gets more exciting it's something special that you uh, a lot of things a lot of been lost really to a certain extent yes know? yeah but, um so i've got i've got i was just thinking about lindrums and <laughs> synthesizers you know uh stamping their their um signature on a lot of music certainly in the 1980s but as you say things like Things like the OBX and the and the Juno and the DX7 and stuff now have become very much a part of the. You still play them like a like an instrument, you know. Yeah, yeah. and and people like Don't you know them. really massive pop stars are using those sounds and and well, it's happened for. And Weather Report, one of my favourite bands ever. You know, Joe Zavin will use tons of synths. Since yeah. Then. Really good sounds as well. But you hear like my, um, Miley Cyrus and The Weeknd and people like that having huge hits with all those sounds on uh, um, in in today's pop culture. And I do, I do think they're here to stay. I think they you know they but in the nineties they they were very passe. I mean. It, hey, bar and girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what the 80s did. They yeah. did, they did I think the 90s in the UK went back to the 60s for inspiration. And the Britpop bands I grew up listening to in particular, sort of Blur Oasis. Well, also people have gone back to recording on tape and and cutting on things onto vinyl as well. So that's another another step you step back if you like back to the old yeah you know, the old ways in the old days. I think it's just literally we have every choice available to us now. Mm-hmm. We we like to work on real desks and work and mix the old school way with Phil Brown. Um, 
and we we use we I like to use really nice preamps and and EQs and stuff out out of the box as it were not that all the plugins I like a bit of plugins when I'm editing but when it comes to sort of compressors and um outboard I I do think personally my taste would be to get that warm and uh approachable sound I like to call it it it's nice to use that gear and it just brings a certain magic through the but I still record with an amplifier you know with a microphone in front of the speaker yeah I can't use any I can't use any of the sort of plug-in guitar stuff for me it just doesn't and there's something there's something not there there's something, something missing it's like it's like the sounds because are two-dimensional when you when you record with guitar plugins of which there are many many <laughs> and a lot of our guitar players will argue that they're just as good but i uh, i don't use a kemper and i don't use plugins on when i do guitars I've, I've got an amp at home with a speaker with a microphone in front of it you know because i still think it sounds better it's easy for some reason it's easier to mix as well because it's got some sort of shape to it do you know what i mean it's hard to it's hard to be finger on what it is i have recorded on on virtual with virtual guitar amps and things but i still personally i still like to use an amp, a, a real thing you know when when you yeah, listen yeah. to a, a record you can hear like that the air and there's there's something crispier about each instrument when you're playing yeah. it live in the studio compared to what they do on a computer nowadays any any kid could sit in his in his bedroom and make an album on a computer yeah well i work with when I, I work with, with jules martin uh, um quite a few times and then I, when i worked with mccartney mccartney said um george martin always said that sound certain sounds have what he described as value for money Whereas I don't think a lot of a lot of process sounds now, certainly guitar sounds that you get out from plugins or um, virtual amplifiers, they don't have value for money. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I could describe it, really. So there's a physicality about that which you kind of hinted at. With the air moving, yeah, the, the air moving, yeah. the air moving, the actual air moving, and an actual electronic current moving through something. Um, not just a load of zeros and ones emulating it, right? But, but an actual signal path. Physically, the sound waves are going through, and the elect you know, it, it's all kind of there's there's an alchemy to that, I think. And it, mm. you know, maybe maybe eighty percent of listeners wouldn't tell the difference, Whoa. but for the twenty percent who care, it's it's the difference between I think like a. Let's let's use an analogy of like um, a, a, a an SLR camera using film versus you know a twelve megapixel digital camera mm. on your phone. I think well, moving pictures. There's certainly a difference between VT and film. No doubt, yeah. you can see that. Yeah, whenever you watch a film or you watch something like a soap opera. Especially recorded onto, you know, they see that there's a difference to the policy. It's, it's a similar thing with sound, you know. 
I mean, we most of us musos watched the Get Back mm. uh, series on the Beatles, right? And the stunning clarity, because it was filmed on good film back in 1969, yeah. And then to to bring it to kind of the best of both worlds, where you're using digital processing to kind of make sure it's as optimum uh, quality as possible you kind of end up with a a hybrid. And I guess there's no way, um, these days there's no way, well, there, there probably are ways, but the most main, mainstream approaches to making music, at some stage you're going to have to involve a digital processor. But if yeah. you can get as much character in your tone before that, before that yeah. you're going to you're going to have a better end result. And... That's the big difference between Solace and the new stuff we've got coming is that we we went to a world-class studio and worked with world-class engineers who to, to make these two new EPs using, you know, top spec everything, top spec instruments, like the piano there. Rob's That's Peter Gabriel's about. studio, right? That's right, yeah, Peter Gabriel's real-world studios, which isn't too far from where we live. Um, Rob and I don't live that far from each other. We live 45 minute drive from each other on the South coast. And, um, it's just not, it's about an hour and a half up into Wiltshire from here. Very, but, but being in a, being in a, in a, in basically in a round. So we had drums, piano, flute, clarinet, sax with Andy. Then sort of out round to the, the, the mixing console and the, uh, and Rob and me, um, and oh James, James near in the middle, and it's just a massive room. It's more like a the size of a church, small. Uh, yeah, and it's also like a giant control room rather than a studio with a control room sort of stuck on the end. You're actually in the control in the room with the desk and the monitors, right? It's like oh, Starship wow. Enterprise with this kind of wraparound desk. <laughs> How many channels do you reckon that is? What inputs? Well, just yeah, just I don't know, forty-eight, sixty-four, somewhere tons, yeah, loads. Well, I don't even know what the board was actually. It's an SSL. Oh, SSL. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, I think they're forty-eight inputs, something like that. It's built out of an old mill, so and and the weir still runs. The river sort of still runs. So you've got the the control room looks out, the control room, the studio, the big room. It up against it. It is water with swans swimming around. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then you step outside, and there's this rushing water just going under the mill, the old mill. Then you and go. It was wet, wasn't it? It was. It had been raining, so there was a lot. Of water yeah, there was a lot. Of water. Water. And you think, surely this is going to. But the soundproofing is immaculate. So of course, it doesn't end up on the on the recordings. But you know, they've they've got rooms that we didn't even use. There's Peter was mixing. These, the Atmos version of his new album while we were there. So me and James, the bass player, got to hang out with, with Peter. <laughs> that had to be fun. Oh, it was amazing. Because I'm genuinely, like, he's a massive deal for me. I absolutely adore his music. Yeah, he's great. So it was a, and I grew up listening to Genesis. So, um, you know, he his music is a big part of my of my life and um to meet him in his own studio and sort of chat 
gave him a copy of our record and and it was I just a ma him. massive privilege yeah i met him once but i never i never worked with him uh but i did meet him backstage at a gig years and years ago but he likes the same guys every time doesn't he Man well, he uses yeah david Roach, tony levin Manicache. Uh, Manicache and drums, probably. Yeah, he's on the tour. Is he? Yeah. He's, he's touring. I'm seeing him in a few weeks. David still playing guitar. Yeah. Because yeah. Rob Rob did um, some of the guitars on Talk Talk stuff, and David Rhodes did a bit as well. And yeah, we played on, on, on Colour of Spring. Yeah. Colour of Spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and David. I mean, David did the single, Life's What You Make It. Um, I did more. I did more than David actually. I yeah. did more acoustic than David because David, more of a kind of electric, effectsy guy. He's a great player though. Well, I think you you did those gorgeous flourishes on Happiness Is Easy, didn't you? Well, the acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. See that that is pure magic. They were quite. They they um they sampled Lee playing drums and then cut it all up. And sort of programmed. Well, they didn't sample it because it was a sampler. They recorded it with the tape. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then cut yeah, it. And then cut it up. Yeah. So it has this amazingly kind of unique groove, and it's really quite sparse. And then there's these these flashes and flourishes of of Rob's acoustic guitar playing, and there's and, this beautiful chorus of this children's choir. School choir singing on it. It's really quite stunning. It's just amazing. amazing. It's so ahead of its time. It feels so fresh even now. Um, but yeah, then they kind of, you know, they went from that album, which kind of is the midpoint because they made five records, two quite synth poppy records. And then the Colour of Spring, which kind of pointed towards the, the more minimal. Yeah sort of a, uh, experimental sound that Spirit of Eden and Laughing Stock went and developed more fully. Mm. And then Mark's solo album is another extension of that. Now, ironically, there's a track on that called A Colour of Spring. Yeah, mm. yeah. But he liked to to, to return to, to sort of familiar motifs within his lyrics and, you know, a song like April 4th on Colour of Spring, which I think is his yeah. wife's birthday. Um but that was a, there's a lot about spring. There's a lot about new life and things and in his lyrics. But, you know, Rob, Rob and Lawrence and Andy, who are in the core held by Trees band, they all, they will work with Mark. Mm. Well, we played on the on Mark's solo record. Yeah. Uh, but Lawrence, Lawrence is, was good, very good friends with him on a personal level. Yeah, because he lived in Wimbledon Village with him. Lived up very close to him, didn't he? Played golf with him and also golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got. I've got to know his son recently. What keeps you inspired? Because uh, you know, I know things got to get rough from time to time. So, um, what 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 keeps you going? Um, but I've got four kids. They they, they, they don't live at home anymore. Um, mm -hmm. making sure they're okay is important. And my wife and uh, I'm having a clear out of stuff at the moment. That's it's actually really exciting to get home tomorrow because I've I've cleared a lot of stuff out. I had this room in the it's sort of like the basement room, and it, you could hardly get in there. There was so much stuff, 
all over the place. And of course, I've got all my guitar cases in there. Because when the guitars are out, out of the cases, you've still got to find somewhere to put the cases. <laughs> which is, and they're stupid because they're empty. And you, you kind of think, you know, I've got all my guitars in my front room where I do all my recording, but with the empty cases. So, so I've made this shelf unit to put them all on. So they're out of the way now. And I saw, I've just sold an amp, a two amps and a, and a speaker cabinet. Uh, I'm in the process of selling my my gold discs as well. Are you? Yeah. Oh. I never I, I never put I never they would set up in the loft because I never. I think it's probably just because I'm too. I just I would never put them up in the house for people to see when they came round. But hmm. I just think it'd just be ridiculous. It's funny, isn't it? Because I know a few record label people, and I do Zoom with them. They've, they've got, got the old discs disc. all over the walls, but the actual artists in question just put them in the loft. It's hilarious. I've got a 10 that I'm selling. Um, 10 of them. Paul McCartney ones, three Pretenders ones, a Nora Jones one, and uh, a Roger Daltrey one, because we did an album with Roger Daltrey back in 85, and that sold quite well. And uh, I think that's it, actually. So the, the McCartney ones would go, I'd imagine. Yeah. They'll probably well, all go. I'll take the Daltrey one. The uh, McCartney, one of the Pretenders ones is, is platinum. There you go, you just sold one. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll take it. I got about five bucks. Is that Will that do it? <laughs> <laughs> so clearing your house out keeps you going, Rob? Well, at the moment, yeah, but I mean, I still... You know, I mean, listening to my favourite music is, is obviously a turn on. You know, I still listen to John Martin. I still listen to Little Feet. And uh, I still listen to, God, the Beatles now and again. Um, you know, I don't listen to but I have to say, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't really keep up with new music. My, my, my kids... I always tell me, oh, have you heard that? Have you heard that? And, um, and usually the answer is no. And so I have to miss some of them, you know, they've turned me on to. But um, they all play, actually, apart from the eldest one, who's who actually got a very tasty music and sings a bit, but she doesn't play an instrument, all the, but the, all the other ones do. And two of them are actually are in the music biz, kind of. Uh, and one of my one of my daughters a really good bass player, but she's she only plays a bit at the moment. She's got a day job, but she plays in a couple of bands. And my one of my sons, until recently, we worked for Mark Knopfler. We worked for Mark for about seven years at Mark's studio in London as yes. a recording engineer. And my youngest son is a piano teacher and plays a bit a bit of performing, but it's usually in the pit at a uh, like a show, you know, a musical kind of thing. Right. He does a bit of that and a little bit of kind of jazz work, but he teaches mainly, he's a piano teacher. He's so, did a, so. Something uh, personal to ask you, Robbie, because I'm getting older and, you know, my, my kids are getting a lot older and I got grandkids and... I find myself kind of getting teary-eyed and sentimental a lot more lately 
Um, do, do you find yourself doing that too? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take much to set me off, you know. Um, um, yeah. I wonder why that is. It's... Well, it's just things become more important as you get older, I guess, don't they? Um, the, the repair shop, that gives me guy. You know that burger? The, the what? The repair shop? No, no, I don't. The repair shop. It's a TV program, yeah. is it? Yeah. Huh. People bring something in that's broken or has been you know, damaged in some way or been gone into disrepair that belonged to their father or uh, a relative that passed away, or <laughs> and they bring it in and, and it gets fixed up by experts. Like it might be a broken piece of pottery or something. Yeah. Because this woman kirsten on it that fits it all back together again and wow. it fills the cracks in so oh, even though it'd been broken oh wow and then of course if it's something that's really that belonged to a you know a wife or a grandfather or something like that then people get quite tearful yeah so do I. wow it's um, something about music that way that it's like a music songs are like these coat hangers we put our memories on them don't we and it's yeah, like yeah. when you hear that song, that memory comes out of the wardrobe and you put that memory on. And it's like, yeah. oh man, I'm back there. I'm back 12 years old at the beach or I'm back 15 year, years old at a friend's house or I'm, I'm 21 and newly married. And it's, it's so powerful. It's like this kind of mind-altering, mood-altering power. Um that, that that does make us emotional. I guess it kind of all maybe is speaking to us about our own mortality somehow because we, yeah. we see how time is is going by and our life is happening. Yeah. Um I'm I think a lot about those things. A lot. Is it regret that you might have done so differently that makes you I mean not get emotional or that's a good question. What? Because things are better than they are now, or because you younger, or something? Probably a mixture, really. Probably a mixture. I think what sometimes you're like, this is the this is great. I've got maybe Kyle for you. It's like, wow, this is great. My kids, my grandkids. This is the best time of my life. But then, yeah. you know, we we remember being. A teenager and the freedom and before responsibility and we remember i think all of it is really kind of in a way i mean this is going to sort of i'm sort of zooming out here and being quite macro but it's all quite a western peacetime dare i say it from our british perspective elizabethan thing because before queen elizabeth's reign there was a war and there was mm. tremendous suffering and there wasn't so much freedom and in parts of the world right now, people don't have the freedom that we've enjoyed in the West over the last 70, 80 years and the um, prosperity. We've lived in this extraordinary time of, of blessing and prosperity and, and kind of, yes, it's had its, its traumas. Of course it has, you know. Of course it has. Vietnam, 
9-11, et cetera, et cetera. There's been horrendous things. But by and large, we've lived in this rock and roll era from 1950s to now. We've still got some of the original guys with us, but it will draw to an end. We lost our queen last year. Yeah. And, and it was a stark reminder that eras end and one day there won't be a Beatle left alive. One day there won't be a Led Zeppelin left alive. There won't be a Rolling Stone left alive. In in the not too distant future. Well, apart from Keith. Apart from Keith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. one, one, one day we all have to see our heroes go before us. Um, you know, when you're a teenager and you're looking up to these guys. And I did Bill Wyman's new record, by the way. No way. Yeah, I did. We did the tracks last year, uh, and then I did the one guitar I did up a couple of weeks ago. I went and did another solo. Bill's eighty six. Bill's great. I mean, you wouldn't know he was eighty six. I said they just did a documentary about Brian Jones actually this year on BBC Two. What Bill did? No, Bill. Bill was in it. Oh no, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, really, no, it's good. Right. Check it out. It's really good. Some yeah. some of it is. Well, at least for me, I miss that time of being a little kid and, you know, playing in my my grandparents' backyard and yeah. riding bicycles and not having to worry about anything. And then I also think of when I was in my 20s and my, my kids were born and, and yeah. missing that that time when they were little and playing with them and you know, now my my daughter's she's thirty years old. You know, yeah, she's, yeah. she's fixing to be thirty one. My and... oldest daughter, my oldest daughter was forty just before Christmas. Yeah, yeah my daughter so... is fifteen. That's that's something. I mean, I'm sixty five by the way. So, so you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm I'm just twelve years behind you. I'm not forty yet. <laughs> clinging on clinging wow. on to the 30s um, uh, but you know it is all very very uh, stark and, and, and real experience this human condition of we are f as far as we know for sure we're finite like I'm a, I'm a believer I'm I'm a theist I'm I'm absolutely settled that there's some sort of consciousness beyond my own right that i believe we share in i i'm convinced that it 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 communicates with us and through us this 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 consciousness this spirit i don't like the word god because it's full of baggage but it, it, i'm i'm convinced about that but i still can't guarantee and know for sure that when this body ceases, my consciousness doesn't cease with it. I, I hope it doesn't. I hope we continue somehow. But I'm so so we're we're on this planet, we're alive, we've got this consciousness that we've been given, we're in these bodies, and yet all around us there's decay and there's people die and people and I think as we get older, we get more and more aware just how short this thing kind of is. Like, 
Was it, was it Pascal or something like that? The paradox is that you may as well believe it because if it if there is something after you die, then you you'd be all right. But if there isn't, it doesn't matter anyway. So you may as well believe well, in it. <laughs> my my conviction is we'll all be all right. Better safe than sorry. Pascal's wager. It's not Pascal's wager. I think so. Yeah. But I yeah, my conviction is. If I think love is the reason all of this happened, yeah, I don't. I you know I don't. I am not a, a theist as such, but I do, I do believe in the power of nature, and I do believe in the power of of doing good. Yeah, and of love. You know, otherwise, what's the point of doing it? Doing it, being good. I think love is the most powerful thing in the world, and it's bigger than anything in its way. And it's um, it's how things change. It's 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 how we figure out what matters and and yet when we lose somebody we we grieve and we yeah. and we get very deep here but it's all it's all connected to why i think people make art people make music we we, we want to make we want to leave something yes. and contribute something to to this world that's beautiful that's definitely my motivation oh. I definitely want to leave things when i'm gone i want to leave a lot of beauty behind me now, first and foremost will be my my family, my kids, my my wife. Should I should I go first? Um, but creatively, I, I'm compelled to try and make something beautiful. <laughs> Sounds cheesy and corny, but but honestly, that's I think the I want to make music that people find beautiful and find meaning in and find comfort in and find peace. And even dare I say it, love. Um, you know, that's I, my. I, I think as men, we just inherently want to leave some kind of legacy behind, whether that's that's children, or like you said, your artwork, something. Yeah, we want to leave something behind for the world to know we were here. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, I think that you know that the alternative movement of the, the youth in the '60s fundamentally changed the West for sure. Um, but it, I think maybe it's too early to tell. Rob. I think it's too. We're only mm. we're only fifty years old. It's after. all about trust, though, isn't it? You know, look what happened after Franco, Watergate. The, nobody believed politicians were telling the truth anymore. And that's even more, that's even worse now. Sorry, well, I'm getting into politics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I happen to agree. I don't know of any that tell the truth anymore. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of the show. Before we leave, do you have a website? Yeah, it's heldbytrees.com. Heldbytrees.com. And we're on Instagram, at heldbytrees. Twitter, at heldbytrees. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. Um, I'm in Rolling Stone. Yeah. Rob's <laughs> just had a massive career-spanning um, article about his his whole career up on Rolling yeah, Stone. And uh, it was for no reason, this guy from Rolling Stone called Andy Green got in touch with me and said, I'm t I do this feature thing called, oh, what's it called, Unknown Heroes or something. Something like that. It could have been tight. And he, we did an hour long 
hour and a half long interview about my whole life and it's just it's just in this this new edition of Rolling Stone. I don't know whether it's just on the website or whether it's actually in the magazine. It's a bit of a backhanded compliment, isn't it? Hi, Rob. We'd like to do an article about forgotten heroes. Well, that's what it's <laughs> Unknown heroes. I think that's what it's called. Check we- it out anyway. It's I it's online and it I don't know whether it'll actually be in the magazine. It's a really great article. It's really comprehensive and it, it's put loads of videos in from all sorts of parts of Rob's career. Okay, if you want to check some of my stuff out, I'm I'm you could you could go to Bandcamp, robbymackintosh.bandcamp.com and all my stuff's on there and there's a, like a mini biog as well. So but I have got a website but I just don't keep it up to date. And, uh, I don't even put gigs on it. Terrible. I'm useless well, for that shit. <laughs> I'll be glad to uh, put all that in the description so people can click on it and go to it. Yeah, uh, Bandcamp. So all my stuff's on Bandcamp. I mean, so you can listen to it for nothing. You don't have to buy it, you know. But if you want to buy it, then that's great. But Bandcamp doesn't do that thing where you can't buy it. You know, he doesn't let. You can listen to the whole thing. You don't have to listen to 30 seconds of it like iTunes. And the, the, the new stuff will be out on vinyl and CD in August. But you can order it now on innersleeve.com. Innersleeve.com. You can order, pre-order it and get... That's things. a great little label, isn't it? Of a dab just Innersleeve. Yeah, Innersleeve and Sound Canyon. They, they're the label we're working with. Actually, a stateside label. They um, specialize in vinyl, yeah. really, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Order early and get a free gold record from Robbie McIntosh. <laughs> <laughs> you get some signed artwork, actually. We've got a long time signing stuff, didn't we? We spent a lot of time signing stuff the other day, yeah. Guys, this has really been an honor, and I, I appreciate you spending your time with me and good. You're always welcome back. Oh, thank you. And I also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button for my regulars. You guys rock because you make it possible for me to do this. So until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. Peace.